0: If the honeymoon isn't over yet for National Party leader Christopher Luxon, I think it's about to be. Because in the past 24 hours, I've read two political opinion pieces, one by a left-leaning commentator, the other by a right-leaning commentator, which are both saying pretty much the same thing, that Luxon is struggling and Nicola Willis might have been a better bet. Now, I remember getting quite a bit of flack a few months ago when I said I thought Nicola Willis should be leader. I even predicted she would be leader by the end of the year. You know what? Nothing since then has given me any reason to change my thinking on that front. So that prediction is still alive. The thing about Luxon is that he was never, ever, and will never, ever be another John Key. I know a lot of people thought he was and thought he would be, but I think that was based on... Pretty superficial thinking based on the fact that both of them came from impressive business backgrounds. The difference was John Key had been a trader and traders thrive on chaos, which is good if you want to be successful in politics. Christopher Luxon, though, had impressively worked his way up the ranks to become a chief executive. But chief executives hate chaos. Chief executives talk a lot about pivoting and all that stuff, but when it comes down to it, they prefer things to be organised and planned and structured and well thought out. Chief executives are terrified of surprises. That's why they employ swathes of people to manage risk. And so you've got John Key, who thrived on chaos and was quite prepared to make a clown of himself at times. and Didn't hide the fact he had truckloads of money and holidayed in Hawaii and played golf with Barack Obama. And people loved him because he was authentic. And then you've got Christopher Luxon, who is actually very reserved and considered as any successful chief executive probably should be. And because of that, he doesn't thrive on chaos like John Key did, which I think must make politics a very difficult thing for him to be involved in, certainly as the leader of a party. So I was very interested to read these articles about Christopher Luxon by two people at each end of the political spectrum, both saying they don't think he's up to the job. So let's start with Shane Tepoe who comes at things from the left and his piece on the nzherald.co.nz website, he says that when he expressed the view back in April that National may have got it wrong, making Luxon Leader and not Nicola Willis, his National Party friends accused him of stirring. But fast forward to today and Shane Tepoe says when he says the same thing to the same people, he's finding there's less eye rolling going on and a lot more flickers of acknowledgement, as he puts it in his article. Now, Shane Tepo's criticism of Luxon is largely focused on recent performances in the media, accusing him of scoring own goals left, right and centre. The most recent example being a TV interview where Luxon tried desperately to avoid answering the questions that were actually asked, using a trick known as block and bridge. Now, an example of block and bridge is where a politician might be asked a question about something, and instead of asking, you know, the question, They trot out a line saying, well, New Zealanders don't really care about that, but they do care about what it's costing to fill the tank, buy petrol and pay the mortgage. And we saw Christopher Luxon do it the other week when he was asked about the Facebook post saying he was in Tebuki when he was actually in Hawaii. And he acknowledged it was a mistake by his social media team, but when a reporter asked him something along the lines of whether the muck-up was keeping him awake at night, he said it was the cost of living in New Zealand that was keeping him awake at night. Block and bridge. And Shane Tupo says... He finishes the article by saying this quote, At what point will Luxon's CEO credentials and superficial plausibility give way to the recognition he is just not very good at this? End of quote. So that's the view from the left, which I think we can all agree is hardly surprising for that very reason. Shane Tipo is a left-leaning commentator, and of course he's going to take every opportunity to throw pot shots at Christopher Luxon. But then today, we've got Matthew Houghton, who comes at things from the right. He's polar opposites of Shane Tepo politically, but his thinking on this is strikingly similar. His article today on nzherald.co.nz starts with this headline, Peak Christopher Luxon Now Firmly in the Past. And Hutton says since taking over as leader, Luxon has offered nothing new. He says the only thing of any significance has been a promise of tax cuts. But as we've seen, that's been played down by National's finance spokesperson, Nicola Willis, who was saying the tax cut thing was just an idea National was putting forward for this year's budget. But Matthew Hutton thinks one of the most damaging things Luxon has done is criticise New Zealand businesses and called them soft uh, during that recent overseas trip. As Hutton says in his article, sole traders and small business owners who have battled through COVID would have heard those comments and assumed he was talking about them. He writes, quote, they might legitimately ask if the softest corporate job in New Zealand is the one Luxon himself held, Luxem himself held, chief executive of a state-owned airline that gets bailed out each time it goes bust. End of quote. And he goes on to say that Jacinda Ardern, who he describes as the more experienced and nimbler political operator, is likely to have the edge over Christopher Luxon at next year's election. And he finishes the article saying this, Unless he, Luxon, has a lot more in the tank than is apparent so far, he's starting to look more like a Todd Muller or Andrew Little than a Key or an Ardern.